Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chase McAndrew Podcast. I'm your host, Chase McAndrew. And I'm also kind of late because I was supposed to do this yesterday at the end of, of April, but it's coming the 1st of May, so sorry, you're, you're actually getting four Bond films this month, technically, but this is still part of my April, my my first three April Bond films. So let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into Goldfinger, the third movie in the Bond franchise, the third movie to star Sean Connery, and for all intents and purposes, the film that is probably still to this day the reason why this franchise is still around. I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. This movie made so much mo- so much money back in the day. It's the reason why this franchise is so big nowadays. It's why this franchise is still relevant, why it's been going strong for almost 60 years, which is insane. This movie is really, really damn good. It's one of my favorites of the franchise, but I do have some issues with it. I'll just I'll do that. I'll get I'll get to those. But this movie is directed by Guy Hamilton, his first Bond film. I believe he did four total Bond films. Uh, it's produced by Cubby Broccoli and Harry Saltzman. It's written by Richard Maybaum and Paul Dane. It's based on the book Goldfinger by Ian Fleming. It, it, it was released on September 17th of 1964 in the UK and December 22nd of, of 1964 in the, in the USA. First time where the US gets a Bond film in the same year of its initial release and the first time um, and, and, and the I believe the only time in the franchise where the USA got two Bond films in the same year, technically. Um, that's kind of cool to me. That's actually interesting. When I was looking it up last night, I was watching the movie, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I did, I did, I did not know that. Wow. That was interesting just because I'm a nerd like that. So who's in, so who's, so who's, so who's in this movie? Uh, Sean Connery. Honor Blackman. The, the late, great Honor Blackman. Uh, Harold uh, Sakata as Oddjob, Sek Linder as Felix Leiter, and Gert Frobe as the titular Art Goldfinger, and he was dubbed by Michael Collins. Um, the Bond films early on dubbed a lot of their actors, most notably the a lot of the women. I believe if I'm correct... Uh, I believe I am. Um, um, Honor Blackman was the first main Bond girl, uh, honey, uh, uh, to, to, to not be dubbed. Uh, honey, uh, honey Ryder was dubbed, and Tatiana, um, from From Us with Love, was dubbed. So she's the first Bond girl to not actually be dubbed, which is cool to me. Um, Bert Frobe, uh, physically, um. Does a good job in the in the role. Um, he's very menacing, even though he's just kind of a big fat schlub almost. He's just kind of like, oh, he's just kind of, just kind of almost an angry guy. It's funny. I don't know. I I like Goldfinger, but he's, he's a good villain. But I, I some villains for me are are better. Than him. Let's just say that, shall we? 
Um, so let's get into this movie. Um, Bond, he he goes to a drug lab, and he intends to blow it up. And this movie, uh, and and in all of Guy Hamilton Bond Bond films, um, he uses the speed up m- method, which was very very common uh, back in the day. But he uses it uh, excessively uh, in this movie and his other films. Um, and it makes the movie look a little cheaper than it probably was, um, because the, the opening scene, uh, Bond goes into the, to the, he swims into the drug lab, and he's wearing a scuba mask and a fake duck helmet to make it look like he's a, that, 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 that he's, that he's a duck and everything, and when he takes it off, when he, when he takes the mask and the duck helmet off, it's sped up and it just looks weird. I don't know. I guess Connery didn't take it off fast enough for uh, Guy Hamilton's liking. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was. Um, I just. I. 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 I, I it, it looks weird. It it, it. 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 It dates the movie. Um. It dates the movie, and makes it look a little, like I said a little cheaper and not so. Uh, expensive as the movie was for back in the day, in in the in the in the day. Um, he plants a bomb, and then he goes to join a party. But before he joins the party, he gets his white tuxedo. I swear, I, I he he jumps down off of a off of a rock, and it cuts, and he pulls down his zipper, and the white tuxedo's there, and I'm just like, that is freaking iconic right there. That is awesome. And then he has the flower in his button holder. Um, it's just awesome. It's sad that this movie um, doesn't have it for more, or, or, or for longer, I should say. But yeah, it's 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 very it's it, it's striking because the first two movies you saw Bond in you know grays and blacks for most of his suits, and then you have the white suit, and you're like, that is awesome, that suit is awesome looking, and Connery rocks it, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm not one to give out style points here, but I'll give, uh, I will give Sean Connery, gladly give Sean Connery style points for his, um, for, and the costume, people, people for this film, style points, because it's a great, it's a great costume, love it, it's a great, it's a great suit, love it, um, so Connery joins this party. He virtually looks at his watch, and he and he presses a button, and, he, and it's, it's almost like in his head he's counting down to like a certain number or down to one or something. And he's like, and he takes him, and he takes a moment, and he kind of like he 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 almost like nods. He nods like he's counting in his head head, and then he presses the button on the, on the side of his watch, and then boom, the drug lab blows up. Everybody flips out, runs away, and then he goes back to his hotel room. Has has this girl is in is in his tub, and then um, he goes to kiss the girl, and sees in her eye reflection, which is 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 impossible, but the cool looking vis cool is is a cool looking visual 
uh, sees a, a, an assassin come out from the closet in his hotel room, and he fights him, and the and the assassin is actually uh, his, uh, Connor's stunt double, uh, Alf Joint. Now I, I don't remember if Alf Joint. I couldn't find any. I couldn't find anything about this last night. But I, I believe if, if I might be incorrect on this, but Alf Joint may or may not have been the first, um, or was Bond in the um, opening title sequences where he shoots the gun barrel. Um, not sure on that. I might be wrong, but uh, I'm. I'm not a hundred percent. I think Alf Joint was just the stunt double for Connery in this movie, but I'm pretty sure. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think I think was a different guy, but I may be wrong. Who knows? Um. Um. And my my favorite my favorite Bond line of all time has to come right after this fight with the stunt double as the assassin. Um, they fight. The, the the assassin falls in the tub. Con, Con, Connery throws a lamp in there, electrocutes the guy, and then the guy dies in the tub. It's awesome. It cuts after the guy dies. Cuts to Connery. He grabs his jacket, starts putting it on, and he turns around. He turns, turns his, he turns his head back. Looks at the dead assassin. <laughs> he just goes shocking, and then, then the, and then, then the movie cuts. Shows the girl on the ground. Cuts back to Connery, and he says, "Positively shocking." I, I'm not good at, at impressions. I'm not good at staying lines that well, but that is my favorite Bond line, maybe of all time. Like one, like like my favorite Bond. One liner of all time. It's amazing. Connor, Connery does Connery de- delivers that line so well. It's it's the fight and that line. There, it's so good. It, Connery is Connery. I think is probably still the best for me at the one liners. And and he just killed that line. He killed that line. He destroyed it. He murdered it. I loved it so much. It's so great. I love it. Um, the opening title sequence, uh, the Goldfinger title sequence, and the song, also also called Goldfinger, by Shirley Bassey, the song, it, they, both of them are freaking iconic, man. The golden hands, the golden faces of all the women, the golden body parts of all these women, uh, the projections of what's going to happen throughout the movie, uh, that was later, um... That that was later homage to in later Bond films um, is it, it's an iconic title sequence. It's the first one uh, with an actual song in it, and it's it's just it's it's great. I I will not try and sing it. I will ruin the song for many of you, or hell for all of you. But no, this this opening sequence is. The opening title the opening title sequence is iconic. It is great. Shirley Bassey needs to do another Bond theme because she's done 
far too less. She needs to do like every single one of them because it's such a good song. It's such an iconic opening sequence. I legitimately, legitimately love it. Legit, like it, it's so good. It, oh, I, I can't stop talking about this sequence because it, it really is so good. Um, then Bond after after his assignment travels to Miami, in Florida, obviously. <laughs> Crack myself up. Um, for a vacation, he meets Felix Leiter, now played by Sex or Sex. I can't, is it Sech or Sec? I don't remember. Sec, I'm just going to call him Sec Linder. He, he plays Felix old, uh, he still has the coolness, but he plays him as an older Felix than Jack Lord did in From Dr. No, which is fine. It's just, I think I prefer Jack Lord just a little more. Sec Linder does a good job. So anyway, the sad part about the my about Miami is once you get to Miami, there's a great opening establishing shot of Miami Beach and a pool and 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 the hotel that Bond's staying at, and and it, it's awesome. It's it, it it's it's an airplane shot. Awesome. And I'm pretty sure that they never actually filmed in Miami. Because every time in this movie that they show the poolside of Miami, of the hotel in Miami, every time they show the sky, it doesn't look real. It, it, it's, it's, it's an obvious background projection. I don't think they actually filmed in Miami. I think I think they filmed it on a set, which is sad, because Miami's such a cool location, especially back in the '60s, especially at a hotel. I I just uh, where in Doctor No and from Russia with Love, the background projections didn't bother me. In this movie, when they use background projection, it kind of does. But, again, it's 1964. I just think they use it a lot more frequently than they did in the first two films. So I think that's why it bothers me more. Um, yeah, um, I, I love when, when Felix gives Bond his mission and says, this guy Goldfinger has been... Wiping this dude out for a week straight. And it's... And Bond walks by and watches them playing. And then he kind of is like looking up at a hotel room. Walks into the hotel. And then, then he meets uh, Jill Masterson. Um, and... and the entire time I'm watching this scene of Bond of walking past and observing um, Gold or yeah Goldfinger and the guy he's been playing cards with for a week straight and beating, I just kind of 
I can let it slide for 1964, but looking at Goldfinger wearing a giant, like, earpiece in his ear, and it's obvious when he touches it, too. It's it, it's like, is it supposed to be there, or is he supposed to be, like, listening to a radio, or, like, what's going on? I don't understand. Um... It's never quite clear in the film why he has this giant earpiece in and how the guy, if it's not, if the guy's not supposed to see it, how the guy he's playing doesn't see it. It's weird because when he goes to Jill Masterson, when, when Bond goes to Jill Masterson up in the hotel and sees, oh, but by the way, played by uh, Shirley Eaton, by the way. When he look, when he sees that Joe Masterson is is um, looking at this guy's cards and telling them to Goldfinger, and he, like I said, he touches the ear when their radio gets turned off by Bond, and he says his iconic Bond, James Bond, after she asked him, "Who who are you, Bond, James Bond?" It's a great line, great, perfect. Um, Perfect place to put that line. Perfect place to put that line. But, again, having the giant radio earpiece in here and him touching it when the radio goes silent for a minute is... is, is it, it dates the movie a little bit for me. But, again, that's okay. Um, uh, by the way, Shirley Eaton, she is very attractive, very attractive woman. Good actress too. Very good in this in her short time in this film. Um, Bond and her go off and do the bad thing, as Austin Powers would say. Um, and then they are talking about the drink that they are drinking and how it's uh, too warm. And Connery says, I can't remember, I should have wrote it down. The name of the drink, he, he, he says, he, he says the name of the, of the drink. And then, he, and then he says, not drinking the drink without, being, without it being chilled is like watching the, is, is, is like listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. And, uh, and I'm like, the disrespect from Bond, if the Beatles heard that today, they would boycott the Bond films, man. And plus, uh, Paul McCartney did a Bond song, like, less than a decade later. Alrighty then, let's do that, shall we? So anyway, um, after Bond gets the extra bottle of the, out of the fridge, Odd Dog knocks him out. Bond wakes up hours later, sees Joe Masterson's dead body laying on the bed, covered in gold, the iconic shot, the iconic wide shot, and then it cuts to a to a shot of her face, and you can see how cool and just 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 how just the work that was put in to painting Shirley Eaton 
in this gold paint. How cool it must have been for her to do that. And how cool it must have been for Richard Maybaum and Paul Dane to to see that as they were writing the script. It must have been so cool. And from the, and from the, uh, the book as well. It's so cool. Just striking image. That it was, in my opinion, horribly homaged in Quantum of Solace. But we'll get to that film when we get to that film. But this gold-painted body is an iconic image that the first time I saw it, however old I was, never the first time I saw it, was was something that I will never, an image in film history that I will never forget. Such as an awesome, iconic image. So Bond is then travels London after he finds Jill dead. He travels back to MI to England, has dinner with M and the governor of the Bank of England to talk about Goldfinger and everything. And there's a shot in this movie. I think my biggest complaint about this movie are some of the shots. Some of the directorial choices from uh, from uh, Guy Hamilton. When Bond is at dinner in this hall, this great hall, it's it's weird. The shot starts off as a three shot. You you, you have M on the left, the bank governor in the in the middle, and then Bond on the right. And then, as they're talking and having this dialogue scene, I had to rewatch it. I, I had to re. I, I, I had to rewind the 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 fifteen seconds or so because I was distracted by the camera for some reason panning all the way to the back of the room where Connery or where Bond M and bank governor are very small in the background and in the foreground is the table at the end of the room and some I don't know decorations on it I guess or some some like flowers or whatever it was so that 15 20 20 seconds or so I had to rewind because I'm distracted by the odd choice of camera work to pull back on that scene for something for something that seemed very unnecessary and and just didn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't I don't I don't know. And by and by the way, in that scene, Bernard Lee is my second favorite M of the franchise and he's such an asshole as M, but he's so good. Uh, it, it, it's almost like you love it because he's such an asshole, but he, it's just, he's so good at it. But I love it. It's hilarious. It's like, like he gives, like, like in that scene with, with, with the bank governor, he gives Bond so much guff. It is so 
funny. Oh my god, it is so funny. He like he's he, he's just like he he's he he scolds Bond. He scolds Bond. And he makes and and these these Bond films are obviously are, are are obviously about the character of Bond. He's the main thing. So it's kind of like like okay, he's the head he he's the head agent. But in this scene, when 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 in the dinner scene when M is scolding Bond, it's such great writing because it kind of you as the audience makes you realize that Bond to to the character of M in this Bond universe, Bond is just another agent. He's just he's just double oh seven to M. He scolds Bond like he would any other agent, and. Making Bond just like like I said another agent an- another MI6 agent and 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 such good writing it's such a funny and good sequence and Bernard Lee pulls it off so 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 well so well that that scene besides the pulling back is a great scene it's a great 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 scene the the next scene is where the iconic nature of this film really starts out, at least for me, because it's the first movie and the it's the first time in the franchise where Bond gets the DB5, the Aston Martin DB5, and his iconic gadgets. And Desmond Lou Ellen, even though it's just for the one scene, really gets a scene where he is able to shine his cue. Even though it's even though it's like a five minute scene, he still gets his 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 spot in the in in the spotlight, being able to show Bond all of these gadgets that 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 this iconic and beautiful car has, and it's even though it's played straight throughout his through most of this franchise, and even though the scene is quick, Desmond Desmond Llewellyn stands out in this film. Because even though he's doing the exposition of explain of explaining to Bond all of these gadgets and, and that are in this car and all these gadgets that he will get later on in the franchise, it's such an iconic scene because it's the first one because it's, because it's that first wacky gadgets scene because he gets the ejector seat he gets the smoke. He gets he gets the gas he gets the fire in it and the back of the car it's it's such it's such again it's such good writing and it's such an iconic scene that even though he's he's just in that one scene it makes Desmond Llewellyn stand out in this movie because of what he gets in the franchise if that be because of what his role will become in this franchise and it's great. It's great. And then also, once they get, and then Bond is sent on a golf game with Goldfinger, and you meet Oddjob, the guy who knocked him out in the beginning of the, uh, near the beginning, or in the Miami hotel room for the first time. You you actually get to meet him and see him. And it's quite funny. Uh, Oddjob is a great character. He's just standing there, and Bond turns the corner and says, like, "Whoa, 
And Goldfinger goes, don't worry, Bond, he's not going to hurt you. He's, he's a mute, don't worry, he's not going to hurt you unless I say, it's great. And and Harold Sakata was a big dude, I believe he was a wrestler, and you could tell, and I would not mess with that guy. He's big dude. He is really, really, he's really good. He's really good in this movie, and even though he doesn't really talk in this movie. Um, the golf game is very good between Bond and Goldfinger. And just the creative ways that this movie shows uh, how how Goldfinger cheats, it's very good. Like, like he hits the ball, and he goes in, it goes into to the 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 rough of 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 the grass, I believe it's called. And he's like and Bond's like, Oh darn it Goldfinger goes to find it. Uh you see Odd Job uh takes a ball and uh brings it down under his pant and it goes down the pant leg and he's and he and Odd Job's like, Oh and sees the uh the uh the the ball Bond's caddy goes, If that's Goldfinger's ball, then I'm Arnold Palmer and then Bond's like, It's not his ball and and then the the caddy's like, What? And he's like, I'm stand I'm standing on it and then he, and that shot where he lifts his foot up and you see the the uh Goldfinger's real ball. And then uh later on Bond switches the ball to a from a Schlesinger, from a Schlesinger one to a Schlesinger uh seven, which which after uh Goldfinger wins, Bond Bond lets him win, and then they they're playing by strict rules, uh and Bond wins the match because he says that uh, he was playing the wrong that Goldfinger was playing the wrong ball, so Bond wins and Goldfinger loses, and it's just it's such a good it's such a well acted, well-written scene by all four of the actors, uh, Odd, Odd Job and Bond's caddy and Goldfinger and uh, Sean Connery, or, yeah, Sean, Sean Connery as Bond. Um, and then, um, oh, and by, and by the way, it's it's mostly in the face as well, but uh, uh, Gert Frobe, his face that he makes and the... Um, and the noise that Michael Collins makes as the dubbed voice is so funny. He's he's, he's like a little child. Like when they lose when they lose a game, and on the playground, and they stomp their feet and go, hur, hur. that's what that's. It's so funny. I laughed out loud. It was so good, so so funny. So Bond. So um yeah, Bond follows Oddjob and Goldfinger on a plane. And when they when they get off the plane, they driving through the countryside of I believe it was England again, and uh, Tilly Masterson comes into the in the picture. Now I'm not going to say the actress is a bad actress because I don't think she is. But this character of Tilly Masterson, Jill Masterson's sister, might be one of the dumbest characters on the planet in, in any movie ever. She's 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 a dumber. She's a real dumber. She's very very she's she's a very 
bad character. She's like almost like jar like pre jar like pre jar jar binks. But she's not annoying, she's just dumb. She's a dumber. She she's the world's worst assassin. So she goes she drives past Bond and then Bond is observing um Goldfinger and Odd Job when they stop and eat some fruit. And then you see Tilly Masterson aiming, and then it pans up a little, and then the movie pans up more from Bond's location. And you see Tilly aiming, aiming a gun that looks like she's going to hit Bond. And then she hits like five inches away from Bond's left ankle. And then later on in the film, when you realize that she's, when she says that she was aiming for Goldfinger, and you're like, this, and then Bond even calls her out. Bond even tells her, Jesus Christ, you're a lousy shot. It's quite funny. It's like, God, this character is just so inept. She's not a, she's not that great of a character. I, it's one of those women that are trying to find or get revenge for their sister's death. But the character is just kind of not that good. And she doesn't stick around for much longer. She gets hit in the back of the head with Odd Jobs. Um, um, Odd Jobs hat. Um, it's just, yeah, the characters are dumber. She's, she's maybe the worst assassin, or at least one of the worst assassins in this entire franchise. She's kind of a dumber, like I, like I keep saying. And, yeah, don't really love it. Because Bond goes to the, to Goldfinger's lair. And Tilly tries to kill Goldfinger then as well. Bond finds her. They go on a pretty good car chase. And then once they crash, they... Tilly, or, yeah, Tilly starts to run. That's when a job gets her in the back of the head, kills her. And the movie just gets better after that for me. After after she dies, she kind of weighs the movie down for a few minutes in the car chase. The car chase is still good. The character just kind of... Yeah, she's a, she's a, she's a dumber. Yeah. Um... So when they crash the car, or when Bond crashes the car the second time after he's trying to escape again, uh, after he, a, after he uses the ejector seat on one of the guys, he he gets caught the first time. You get which is weird because he gets to drive his own car to the security, which is which I think is weird, but okay. Um, he uses the ejector seat on one of on one of Goldfinger's guards. Tries to escape again, crashes again, and then another thing of speeding up the footage comes around where um, Oddjob opens Bond's car door, unbuckles his seatbelt, and Bond falls down, and it's and his fall out of the car is sped up, and again it just makes the movie look a little cheap. Doesn't make the movie look as good as it should be, and. So after that, Bond Bond 
Bond is flown in to he he's flown in in um Gold in Goldfinger's plane to Kentucky, and that's when you first meet uh, um, Pussy Galore, uh, Honor Blackman, the who I studied, who who recently passed away at the beginning of last month. Um, and once again, I'll re I'll reiterate it. She is fantastic in this movie. Her role is great. She is a great actress in not only this movie. The Avengers TV show and everything else she she was in in her career, she she really is one of my favorite Bond girls, of them all, and she was she was gorgeous. She 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 held her own with Connery in not only the dialogue scenes but in the fight scenes, in the one fight scene, it's like playful fight scene that they have. Um, but th- this is the part after they land in Kentucky. The the half an hour or so on Goldfinger's um, farm, I guess I, I guess is what it was. It's 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 his stud farm or whatever whatever it's called. It's just kind of boring. Bond is kind of sitting around for a lot of it and a few times, and he he he, he escapes once. And it's just kind of not, it's not bad, it's just kind of slow and uninteresting half an hour-ish for me. That makes sense. And there's like 50 minutes left in the movie. The ending 20 minutes are pretty good, but the half hour leading up to the end of the movie, they're a little boring, not gonna lie. Bond escapes. And once once Goldfinger is giving this huge presentation and finding his of finding his um uh, of what his plan is uh, oper- um Operation Grand Slam which which is basically for him to to not rob but contaminate I guess was what you could call uh the 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 United States uh depository at Fort Knox and it it's a good plot, don't get me wrong. It's a good plot and a different plot for a Bond villain because he because Goldfinger wants his gold to go up in 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 price so he can have even more money. That's a good plot for a Bond villain. But again, the half an hour that besides the scene where he's actually explaining his plot to all these people who want in who might want in on his investment, which is a cool scene because again, movies made in nineteen it was filmed in nineteen sixty three probably. Maybe nineteen, maybe you know, early nineteen sixty-four, and and the scene where, uh, where not uh, not odd job, but Goldfinger is explaining everything to his potential buy, buyers. You know, the the pool table flips around, stuff in the floor, um, pops, pops up, stuff on the wall, stuff on the ceiling. It's awesome looking. That that is a great scene. 
But again, nothing really else is happening besides that 10-minute scene. Um, but once Bond, um, once, once Bond escapes again, and he gets, um, once Bond escapes the next day, and the final action scene happens, that is when, for me, the movie picks up again in the movie. The Fort, the Fort Knox stuff is really, really good. Um, it, it's, it's the first big action sequence of um, the Bond franchise, and Guy Hamilton does a very good job filming it. Sometimes it's a little too close, and you really get a sense of of watching Gold... Uh, that Goldfinger just wants the money because he changes clothes into an American uh, m- military officer, and he even shoots his own guys, his his own men, his own personal uh, uh, guards and henchmen and stuff like that. It's really cool. It shows what a good villain he really is. Um, um, once, once, once the uh. Once that action scene ends and Felix Leiter and his other guy tell Bond that the president wants to meet him for saving the day and everything. Once they get onto the plane and they and he and, and Goldfinger is actually alive and he um, is on the plane. The fight between Gert Frobe and Sean Connery is fine. Um, I know how it looks in 1964 because I watched it last night. The scene where Goldfinger is sucked out of the plane, I would like to know how people reacted to that back in 1964. Because my whole life, I've I've always been like, "Uh, looks a little fake, looks a little weird. Gert Frobit's kind of making, like, sex faces. Like, he, like, it's funny. He's sucked out, and his face is like, like, like it's, Stuck on a sex face. It's so funny, and and I get it. The character is supposed to be flying out of a window and you know going to his death, but it's always made me laugh. Um. Also, I should point out that during the fight scene at Fort Knox, when Bond and Oddjob had their fight, Bond throws the hat at Oddjob, and it goes in between two metal poles, and then Bond takes a wire and electrocutes the poles, kill it, killing Oddjob. Great fight scene, great ending to that fight. I just wanted to say that as well. Um, the ending with Pussy Galore, they parachute out the plane, Con- Con- Connery and Pussy Galore is w- w- waving to a military plane, Connery pushes her down and says, this is no time to be rescued. And then they put the uh, parachute over them and they start making out. Awesome ending to a good, really, really good movie. I think my main problem with this movie, I said it earlier, is is some of the some of the camera choices by the director and the, and the cinematographer. It was, it, it's just some of it is a little as good as the action is. I think it could have been just a little better. I think 
maybe. And I know Terrence Young was doing a different movie at the time. That's why he couldn't. Um, that's why he couldn't return. But I think if he would have done this movie, I think the act sequences could have been maybe a little bit bit better. But overall, this movie is the reason why this franchise has gone on for almost 60 years. This is a bona fide classic. This movie is a bona fide iconic movie. This movie is a great movie. I'm going to grade this m- movie. I'm going to give it an A. And then and then I'm going to grade From Rush With Love an A. And I'm going to give Dr. No an A-. minus. I forgot to do that those last two reviews. So I'm going to be grading all these movies as I go along. So, Dr. No an A-, minus, Rush With Love an A-. Goldfinger an A as well. Thank you. Uh, thank you all very, very much. Um... Thank you for listening to my review of the legendary, the iconic Goldfinger. Have a great rest of your day, every, everybody. And I'll see you in a few days for my next review of the fourth James Bond film, Thunderball. Thank you. Thank you very much.